Let's do this. The following is a CA original. Pouncer, the Palm Squad, pre- and post-game parties on Beale Street. It's all part of the Memphis Tigers basketball game day experience. This is the Tiger Basketball Podcast. What's happening, Tiger Basketball fans? We are back. I'm Mark Giannato, and my hands are killing me. I slammed him in a carter. No, I'm kidding. This is Jason Munns with Commercial Appeal, digital producer, sports reporter, and... And this is Mark Giannato. And I'm a dad now. Speaking of Mark Giannato... Actually, this is Mark Giannato, and I'm tired. Because <laughs> I'm is, a dad now. And he is back, right? You are back. Sort of, After yeah. a couple of weeks. I would really, it's only really been like... Uh, One week? Yeah, Cole was born last Saturday, so like it's been like ten days, basically. Yeah, um, yeah, sort of back. I've been writing, um, <laughs> yeah, going to games, and also not sleeping. Well, welcome back to the Palatial Commercial Appeal Podcast Studio. We are stoked to have you here. Uh, what little time you will be here? So let's not waste any more time, uh, Mark. It was a crazy week for Tiger basketball, huh? I mean, Drew, I hope you, uh, I hope you haven't been talking behind Penny's back. Um, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I'm safe. You got the, you got the receipts. Yes. Okay. Um, but yeah, Penny had another. Uh, I don't know if it was. I don't know if you know. Some people would say I called it a rant in a column I wrote. I, don't I think, think you would I say no. It's not a rant. It was where he went. He kind of sounded off on his critics again, and it made national headlines. Memphis has played since last time we were on here, you know, a bunch of games. They lost at Temple, but then got their biggest win of the year against UCF. Yeah, we should clarify too. Last week we did record a podcast, and unfortunately, the technical there were difficulties with the technical side of things, aka the computer crashed. As I was before, I even got a chance to save it, and it's um, depressing. I don't want to talk about it anymore because it was a. I thought it was a very, very good. Yeah. I mean, we got all our shots in at Mark Man, while it he was, wasn't here. I'm serious. And, it was you know, really I good. I finally talked for the first time, and then, then yeah. Uh, and yeah, but too bad. I know. It's really gone. too bad. It's not It's not even just not published. It's gone forever. It's karma. It's you, like it you never guys, You guys need me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also just that. saying, <laughs> the same day your son was born, I have to bring this up because this, this was something we talked about. I, I'm just saying- Memphis got a big win over SMU, and Michigan basketball lost their first game of the season. So I think Cole is destined to be a Tigers fan and not a Wolverines fan. Maybe. I doubt that. Because <laughs> um, my wife also went to Michigan. So um, if there's one thing I think he will root for until, well, maybe he doesn't get in and then he stops rooting for, for Michigan or something like that later on in life. But um <clears throat> no let's talk about memphis basketball <clears throat> because that's why people are listening to this ultimately. Yeah. oh really <laughs> yeah not the not the life and times of mark giannato or uh drew hill um or jason munns or cole giannato yeah or cole giannato his life and times are a little a little dull right now he's, he poops and sleeps um <laughs> but um and cries <laughs> but and yeah um, but no, seriously, I mean, Memphis, this Memphis basketball team, Temple loss aside, 
seems to be trending in the right direction. Um, and But at the same time, it seems like the biggest news, and I think we should start with this, is what Penny said yesterday um, at his availability ahead of Wednesday's Tulsa game. Um, and yesterday, I mean Monday. Um, and he basically, you know, sounded off, said that, you know, said he feels there's a target on his back that, you know, some coaches and, and media members, they're, 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 what did he call them? They're, me, his, they're media. So-called boys in the media. So-called boys in the media. Are you one of those boys? Mark, are you one of those so-called boys in the media? Are you talking crazy? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I compared Penny to Trump in my column, so maybe I am a little crazy. Um, but no, but I mean, he, he went off and a little bit and uh, Drew, you were there. I mean, what do you, you know, I'll give my take on it in a second. Because I think it's different than a lot of people in Memphis's, you know, take on it. But what did you? It sounds like you liked it. Oh, I'm so here for it. I'm here for Penny versus the world. Let's let's keep it up. <laughs> like, I mean, it's awesome. It's my opinion that it's awesome. Um, for several reasons, and I, and the first is I don't think you know Penny really cares if people agree with him or not. Um, clearly, and. Or if if I were a Memphis fan, I don't think I would really care either what other people think because for you to be hated, for people to, to have this distaste for you, in my opinion, makes it more sweet when you actually do win. Now, if Penny doesn't end up winning, then it changes a lot of things. Um, but right now, I mean, there's nothing to indicate that you know this is going to take... The turn, a turn for the worst. So, for me, oh, I'm all, I'm all here for it. I mean, if it's a motivating motivating thing for Penny, then just just let it be a motivating thing for Penny. I mean, there's no reason to to really overanalyze it, in my opinion. And, and I'm totally here for it. It makes for great content <laughs> for us. I mean, and, and people like people are interested in this. It, it brings national attention to Memphis, and that, in my opinion, is a good thing. Here's and I I agree with you. This is it's a lot of fun and like you know it's a lot better than you know being there for Tubby Smith. You know just rambling on about nothing in particular. You know there, it, what Penny says is interesting and it's why it draws these headlines. It why it's why it draws eyeballs. Um, but the national attention he's bringing, I just feel you know to me this all just feels beneath him. And a lot of it feels imagined. Like this was all prompted by a tweet from Tom Penders. Like when I is don't, I, I don't know if that's fair because that's what started this. Okay. When you listen to the audio, like that's what started. You know, it was a question about Tom Penders, and then to be fair to Penny, it's part. You know, yeah, it's, we this is a lot of it is the about, media. You know, right. the media here kind of it was and myself included. Drew, Drew, you know, other people like kind of egging him on, and Penny is just you know. Like Penny he's doesn't on, have a filter, and and which is good. And and I think though, you know, you talk about the national attention. Like I think, you know, here in Memphis, like people are going to be pro Penny no matter what. And like honestly, if he wins and does what he says he's planning to do, none of this will matter. He can say whatever the heck he wants. But I think outside of Memphis, I think thing the the more he does things like this, one the more he comes off. I think as a little petty. Um, because no one has actually said anything that bad. Maybe Dan Dockich, 
And like, you know, like who else is really, and he says there's people talking behind his back essentially on the AAU circuit, but like they're not coming out and saying it publicly. They're like, I, I've seen most coaches be pretty complimentary of Penny. Um, I don't think there's some grand conspiracy um, that, you know, against him. Do I think there's some coaches that are jealous just in terms of he's having success on the recruiting trail and he's, you know, this trendy guy? Yeah, I, I think he's probably right about that. And I think he's probably right that, you know, people are fearful of him a little bit because he's had some initial success. And I think he's probably right that there's some coaches that don't want him to have, you know, don't want him to be successful. But, like, what kind of hire would he be if they didn't feel like that? Like, if they weren't, you know, like, it's just like, like, you. I honestly think it's probably like the same thing with Will Wade down at LSU or, like, you know, a lot of other coaches, you know, Dan, Dan Hurley at UConn or people like that. Now, they don't draw the same sort of national attention that Penny does because Penny is Penny. But like, you know, coaches talk about, talk about a lot of people behind their back, but you don't see them, you know, you don't see the whole world just going, you know, I just think, it, you know, like I said, he, it, it plays well to this Memphis fan base. He knows, you know, Memphis, Penny's pretty savvy guy and like that it's cool. Like I said, as long as things are trending in the right direction, like they are now, as long as Penny lives up to the expectations he set, it won't matter what he says, but he's just, I think he's adding more pressure to what he's trying to accomplish by saying things like this. Yeah, I, 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 I want to go back to something real quick because I don't think it's fair to say that this that this started from the Tom Penders tweet. Yeah, yes, that was the first question asked, but from there on, after that first comment, it wasn't. None of it was about Tom Penders. I don't think Penny was even knew like based off of his reaction, he even knew that that tweet was out there until it was brought up to him. Um, unlike the Rick Barnes thing where I think he did know going into that. Um, I don't think he knew about that. So one, I, you know, I don't know how necessarily fair that is. And like on his radio show last night, for example, he's like, he could, he, you could tell he knew why it was a national story that he said what he said, but he's, he also is like under the impression of like, I don't know what they want me to say. Like, I don't, cause he really, like, we talk about this nonstop. He doesn't know what coach speak is. I don't think he could do it if he if he wanted to do it. Like, I mean, maybe he can, but, like, Penny is not as versed as some of these other coaches who can get up there and give you eight cliches and get the hell off the stage and, you know, everyone in the room is, like, thinking, what am I going to write from that? No, and it's refreshing right. in a, to a certain re- regard. It's refreshing to hear him say things unfiltered. I just don't see what he gains by in this situation by saying this. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I don't know what you accomplish other than, you know, being able to sleep at night knowing that you I guess kept it real or whatever. You know, you're just being you're being open and honest and and that's great. You know, you you can walk away knowing that you, you you're putting yourself out there and laying all your cards out on the table, whatever cliche you want to use, but other than that, what are you accomplishing by by saying some of the things that you're saying and 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 i think i think to play devil's advocate to my own argument you know some people would say what's the harm in saying it you yeah, know oh, like, that's true what's what's the harm and, and i think right now there probably is no harm in saying it in that you know like i said the the book is still not written on penny that we're still in 
we're still in year one where like it's the honeymoon. It's honestly they're thirteen and seven and you know, they're playing pretty well and they're you know, he's recruiting very well and things are going exactly as he stated they would go, pretty much. I it's my question is this stuff is all just gonna get thrown in his face if things don't go the way he wanted. Now on the other side of the coin, we were talking before we came on the podcast that, you know, if if he does accomplish what he wants to accomplish, this whole thing could be even more galvanizing because he basically stuck the middle finger up to the college basketball world and did it his way and 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 won and won big and and Memphis will love him even more. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think you know, like I said, it 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 doesn't hurt in that regard in that his base, this fan base, eats this stuff up. I mean, and, and the and, media and the media here eats it. Like I, I honestly think if we were in a different market, this stuff. Like people talk about how Penny's drawing national headlines. I think part of the reason Penny draws national headlines is because how much everything he says is it matters here. Yeah, and it get you know, and there's you know, there are guys like Gary Parrish here, and you know, and you know, even you know Jeff Calkins, Mark Giannato. You know, I don't know about that, but. It, seriously, like I think, I think in another market, say like if I was back in D.C., like you don't see Patrick Ewing drawing headlines like this, and maybe it's because he's not saying the same things, and he's not as interesting either, in my opinion. Probably, yeah. Um, but at the same time, he's, you know, like go read some of Patrick Ewing's quotes. He's saying the same sort of thing Penny is. Like I'm gonna give these guys you know, an MBA, you know, sort of experience because I spent however many, like, it's not like, it's not like Penny's pitch is like, it's unique in that it's coming from Penny and it's an entire staff of MBA guys, but it's not like a unique pitch in terms of, you know, selling the NBA experience to recruits. And that's why I think like, you know, just his whole, like going back to the Rick Barnes thing, the whole like you know conspiracy, you know you're mocking the NBA, um, my you know like that I don't buy into that, and you know I think what we're learning about Penny is for better or worse he's I think I put this in my column he's as sensitive as he is competitive he's really competitive, and you're starting to get the sense that he's pretty sensitive, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, um, but it's also why he reacts the way he does. You know, we, we you talk about he doesn't know cliches. I think part of it is that he's you know has this very real chip on his shoulder, and you know, not an inferiority complex, but definitely feels like he has has to prove something to people um, in this job. He's Memphis. Yeah, he I is mean, Memphis. he's very much Memphis. I mean, yeah. From what like I said, it makes sense here, and you know, maybe and like here in Memphis. It's like it plays really well, but outside Memphis, I think it comes off as a little petty. And you don't understand it. And I like I am maybe the perfect example for this because I moved here six months ago, right? And there's no way six months ago I would have been able to put my finger on that, what that is, um, as far as what Memphis is as a as a fan base, as a city, and sort of the way that they think. Um, and so it's just like the, it, Memphis wants every little bit of credit that you can give it. it. It wants, um, it wants everything to sort of go its way. Um, 
and it's it's got a lot it's a town that has in my opinion a, a lot of people that you know feel undervalued or underappreciated and in many ways it is and so i think it makes perfect sense for him to do this and you know i just not, think if he keeps off i point. just think if he keeps doing it it's gonna it's it is go- like right now i don't think it's affecting anything negatively like you know like people are eating up i think if he keeps doing it i think it's going to not not tarnish him. I just like I said. I th- I just think all this is a little beneath him. Like, you know, he's in his first year as a college coach. Like, of course, you're going to have to prove some people wrong. Um, like, just prove them wrong. I don't see the need to like, you know, take on all of college basketball. Um, which is what it feels like he's doing, and and he's taking on college basketball when I don't think college basketball is trying to pick a fight with him. Right. You know. Like, and then and then to go on social media with his however many number uh, 320,000 Instagram followers just hours after he goes on his rant and posts a photo of himself in the workout room with a big sign that says no egos no egos behind him I don't know it just it it it's got a eh, that's like whatever uh, that's it's like just penny. a bad it's a bad look that's penny that's just penny doing social media stuff I don't but I don't know it's just it's interesting, and he's certainly like, I mean, it's certainly more attention than Memphis basketball's gotten basically since John Calipari was here. So, And and they say the only bad publicity is no publicity. So, And the team has trended in the right direction. Yeah, no, let's talk about the team. I mean, they that was a really impressive, and this is, and this is what I, you know, if I'm Penny, this is what I'm focused on, and, and is that, he just had his most impressive performance of the year against UCF. It was their best win of the season, and they and they really beat the tar they out, beat of, them, out of UCF. And they outcoached them by a good, by a significant bit, in my opinion. Yeah, like they pressed. Yeah, oh yeah, they did. I they did. completely I took ing- their two leading scorers out of the game. I mean, there's I wouldn't exactly ca- qualify classify Johnny Dawkins as an elite coach. Right. But yes. But yes, they outcoached him. Just like he outcoached Greg Marshall. Like, like I don't think there's any question that Penny can coach at this point. That this staff is a good staff. That he's headed in the right direction. Um, that he might be able to do exactly what he said he could, he wanted to do, and that's take Memphis to a Final Four. Like, there, that's you know, he's done nothing this season to dissuade that argument, um, because. He seems well equipped for the job. It's pretty obvious now. It's pretty obvious he was ready. And it's and and if there are people, you know, clapping back at him behind the scenes, quite frankly, they're probably not watching what he's done so far. They're or maybe prob- they are. And that's why they're you know, maybe maybe they wanted him to fail and he has proven both on the recruiting trail and on the court that, you know, if this is the build up you know, obviously, better things are to come, and 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 they're not, they're pretty good. Well, that's right exactly now. what he said. Yeah, that's exactly what he said yesterday. Yeah. Well, let's be. I mean, let's be real. First of all, they beat UCF at home by a lot. They looked really good. I'm not completely sold on UCF. No, but neither I'll, am I. I'll they go, didn't I'll look go very good. Insane. They didn't look very good. Maybe they played a bad game, but they didn't look very good. Eleven of Memphis's thirteen wins this year are against quadrant three or quadrant four opponents. That was their second Quadrant 2 win. They're 0-5 against Quadrant 1 teams. And and the Quadrants, for those that aren't aware, is you know it's, it's 
kind of I gotta go look it up exactly. But so while you look, quadrant up, one wins are the best wins, and and right. you go down. And quadrant one and quadrant two wins are what the committee really looks at come selection Sunday. Um, now the bright side of that is that Memphis their next three games as of today, um, or as of Monday, are quadrant one or quadrant two opponents at Tulsa at USF and then Cincinnati at home. And seven of their last 11 games are also Quadrant 1 or Quadrant 2 opponents as of Monday. That could change, you know, based on how those teams do over the next couple weeks. So there are chances to secure more good wins. Um, And to me, if they win these next three, I I think talking about the NCAA tournament is pretty realistic, actually. Um... Right now, they're still probably, I still probably would classify them as sort of just outside the bubble. But you win the next three, I think you're firmly on the bubble and can start dreaming about maybe making the NCAA tournament. I'll, I will chime in here because I said this on Twitter, and I think a, the majority of people I felt like agreed with me. And, and I'm interested to get your take, Mark. So, you know, given where they are, if if we want to still talk about an NCAA tournament bid, then almost every game is a must win from here on out. But so when when you when you break that down and you really look at it, it's, and you look at a game like Tulsa, the one that that's coming up tomorrow. It's not a must win because if you're really thinking that you need to win the conference tournament to get to the NCAA tournament, then on a technicality, it's not a must-win. But it certainly feels like a really good chance to go on the road and get a lot of confidence by beating a team that you should probably beat. And then you turn around and you have to go do it at South USF Florida. is the better team so, this yes, year. You don't want to waste the chance at Tulsa. It, 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 it's a, an important game for confidence. What we've general. learned, though, is that this team is just a different team at home. They look great. They've looked great. The past, especially the last two home games, they've looked fantastic. Um, They're up to number 69 in Kempom, by the way. Interesting. Nice. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's about as high as they've ever got. They ever got under Tubby, I want to say. No, it's the high. Uh, is Tubby's the- first year when they, they started out 15 and 5, I want to say. And that, that was about as high as Tubby's Tubby got in uh, Kempom. Yeah, 65. Yeah. Um, and so, um, no, think, like I said, but this is the only year that they've made from the start of the season to now, this is the only twice in five years have they actually improved their Kempom rating and they've improved their Kempom rating by 38 points now from the start of the season. So pretty significant progress. Not, not a good number for, for the, uh, people saying Penny can't coach. Yes, but Again, I still think the let like they've played a really good schedule, but like they still haven't really like their best two right. wins are Yale and UCF, um, and so I still think the jury's still out on just how good they are. Um, I think if they win these, South Dakota State technically is a better win than Yale if we're going on Kempong. No, but net rating Yale okay. is a much better, much better win than uh, South Dakota State. Um, I'm going on the net, but but I guess you, you could put South Dakota State in there as well. Um, 
And so, but what's interesting, I just want to see if they, these next two, this new, this week is really interesting to me because I want to see like, you know, I want to see them look like the team they've looked like at FedEx Forum in these two games. Because um, that to me will be the sign that this team's ready to like, to make an NCAA push. Um, like I want to see, you know, Tyler Harris and Keevan Davenport and Parks look engaged like they did the other day. And, you know, Lomax is really starting to to give them something really valuable here now over the last few weeks. Jeremiah Martin seems to have found his groove and kind of found... Rainier Thornton. And then, yeah, Rainier has been invaluable, invaluable over the last few games. He's the one... I mean, he played... Him and Jeremiah were the two who played really well at Temple. Their games traveled to Philly. Um, and he came back, had a double-double against UCF. Yes. He, you know, it seems like he's... Both him and Jeremiah have figured out how they can contribute best to this team. Um, and so it will be very interesting to see how they do in these next two. And then you've got the big home game against Cincinnati. And if you can win these two road games, you've got so much momentum going into what will be a huge, I mean, it'll be a huge two game homes. I think they go Cincinnati, then UConn at home, correct? Yes. Back to back. Um, so it's a four game stretch. Where, if you can go four and zero, I mean, gosh, I mean, when this program would be at a high it hadn't it hasn't felt in years. And if you do that, you, I mean, you you look at the rest of the schedule. You still have East Carolina, who you should beat. You still have Tulane at home, who you should. Well, those beat. are like those at this point. Those like, are the type of games where like just you pile, just you just don't. Wins to pile yeah, on. you're not going to gain anything them. from yeah. winning, but it'll be terrible if you lose them. Right. Um. No, the games you're looking at are, the, you know, you've got two games against Cincinnati left. You've got a road game at UCF left. You've got um, you've got UConn at home left, um, which a road trip to Wichita State, which is not an easy place to win. Um, so, like I said, there's some chances to to get some good wins here and maybe enough that Maybe it puts them over the top. It's certainly, I mean, I certainly think we know now that this team is capable of making the NCAA tournament, if only because the AAC tournament is here in Memphis, and this team looks awesome here in Memphis. So this is a, this is a website. It's called TeamRankings.com that I'm looking at right now. It's by the guy, the CEO of it, I think, actually lives in in Memphis, but. Uh, they basically they break down, you know, percentage chances of making the NCAA tournament and uh, and whatnot, and and they even break it down to if you get this number of wins, you're this percent likely. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now they have Memphis at a 37.6 percent chance of making the NCAA tournament, and a 31.7 percent chance as an at-large bid. And when you look at the total wins, like if you wanted over a 50 percent chance. It says they'd need around twenty-one wins, and that's tough. That's tough that to break down. Include conference tournament though, yes. twenty-one wins. Yes, so that they need eight more in their last. They have a. They have what uh, eleven games left as of today. I mean, that's very to me. That's very doable. Right, eight wins. That would and now it depends. It probably depends on what the it, eight wins are. It depends and, on who else wins, and like you know, there's lots that can change. But that's not completely out of the picture i mean to me if you can finish the season with 21 wins if you can go eight and three down the stretch and finish top four in the league so you get a bye 
win your quarterfinal game. And then you're going to, you know, the one thing I worry about is like if they're the four seed and have to play Houston. I think Memphis doesn't want to have to face Houston until the finals because I think Houston is a terrible matchup for them. Mm-hmm. Whereas if they could get matched up with UCF, for instance, in right. the semifinals, that that would be very like you know very advantageous. I haven't seen enough of Cincinnati yet to know exactly how they match up with. Cracked Memphis. my top twenty-five Sunday night. No, well, we know how great your top twenty-five is. Oh uh, yeah, I got all the well, all the Kansas State fans. I'm not welcome in, in uh, the Little Apple anymore, but that's all right. Like I said, I told you on Twitter, that's a good thing, man. That's a good <laughs> it thing. probably that's is. That's a good thing. I would like to see as as much of a bad matchup as Houston and Memphis would be or is is this year. I would still like to see that game in the conference tournament. At FedEx Forum, that oh, to be me, freaking nuts. Yeah, it's gonna be like honestly, if they make the like semifinals, those semifinals and finals games, if Memphis is in it, are gonna be awesome. I don't mean just from an atmosphere standpoint. I'm talking about just the matchup itself. Yeah. I feel like Memphis would, I it the the playing field I think levels a lot based on what we saw. They beat Houston last year here at FedEx Forum. Yeah, too. yeah. Like, so you know. it would to me that I'm not I'm not so sure that it would be that bad of a matchup here drew i'm curious what to you has been the what was what's been the most encouraging development for this team in conference play for you on the court for me on the court it's honestly for me it's just been the number of guys that they've had that have been able to give you enough production to win games i think Rainier thornton Tell yeah, us how you feel about Rainier Thornton. I, I'm I'm very high on Rainier Thornton right now. Um, I didn't know. I think if he's almost a double-double guy every game and he can give you that post presence that they really didn't have in a lot of those games that they lost earlier in the year, then it makes a huge difference. I mean, just a rebounding difference. Not like a, he's not like a back-to-the-basket right, type right. of guy. Well, I mean, he can give you close to 10 points every game you know he's scoring in the he scored in double digits i think like what three or four games in a row now and he and he rebounds and i mean that has been huge and penny mentioned after the game that all a lot of what like rainier's confidence and his production has all come from the fact that he's just focused on rebounding now like at the beginning of the year he wanted to score he felt the pressure to score i think all the seniors really we're feeling the pressure because of the young guys, maybe not as much the post players because there's not any um, freshman post players yet. But for him, I think, yeah, he has been probably the biggest development over these last few games. It's really helped him. Um, I, it, and I, the starts, the start, like the starts. Well, have Temple, been they didn't so, start. The Temple game wasn't yes, a good start. No, no, this is, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's all or nothing with Memphis, and it's it. Honestly, as a writer, it drives you nuts. Well, and it all depends on whether on they're home or away. Yeah, you know? it's like they come out as world beaters on fire, or you know, they're just pretty flat and terrible. But you hope that they could get that sorted out. But at home, it's hard to lose when you're up twenty early. Did you get a good cheesesteak in Philly? <sighs> That's kind of a long story. I got a cheesesteak, but our photographer convinced me to Mark walk. Weber, the yes. irascible right. Mark Weber. He convinced me to walk to go get a cheesesteak, and it was a light drizzle when we started walking. 
total downpour. Walked over a mile in the pouring rain. I just Where'd I was just go, holding huh? back. It was like, uh, is it is it Mark G's? Is that is that the name of it? Something G's, know. Mr. G's, something something like that. Geno's. No, it wasn't. No, it, 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 the fact that I don't know the name of it tells you it wasn't that good. It wasn't that good. Well, there's a, I, I got to tell you, last year, like I hate the Tulsa trip, but last year, after the Tulsa basketball game, I discovered, I got to look up the name, this down the street from the Tulsa basketball arena, there's this late night Mexican place. Um, Weber's already throwing a fit saying we don't have time to go there, so. <laughs> Why? After the game? I don't know. I think we got an early trip out the next day. Or we might be driving back closer so we can get back here sooner. But I could sit here and listen to oh, I could Mark Webber on the road day. stories forever. Uh, it's it's hilarious. Well, I'll just I'll I'll end the podcast with this. My favorite Mark Webber story. Where it's like my first couple weeks on the beat and we go to Dallas for the SMU game. And I just moved here from DC. Um and I'm like, you know, like when I go on these road trips, what I like to do is I go on like lo- online, like look up where like the food network's been at the, you know, cause we only have, we can't go out to like fancy schmancy meals. You know, the Gannett per diem is not, you know, it's no, no steak dinners or anything like that. But, um, I like going, I, I usually look up like where's diners, drive-ins and dives been because, you know, and I'll just pick one of those types of places. But I try to go somewhere that's like, I can't go where I live. Absolutely. Mark Weber is the opposite. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like we get to Dallas and this was, I was just getting to know him. So I didn't realize that. And he goes, he goes, yeah, man, there's a Chipotle right next to our hotel. <laughs> like, and I'm like, I'm in Texas, home of Tex-Mex, all these great Mexican restaurants. And you want to go to Chipotle? Yeah. No, nah, you can go by yourself. <laughs> and just like when we go to Florida, when we, whenever you go to Florida, you have to get, you, we, the hotel has to be near a Wawa. And now, to be oh, fair to Mark, we walked to Wawa in Philly. We walked to yeah. Wawa. We so we had a miserable trip there. I got to the airport about seven a.m. We didn't land in Philly till twelve thirty a.m. Just terrible trip there. And, and he, he was to, still going to go to Wawa. Oh, he's got to get that tea. And so we walked. He loves that and it tea. Was, and we walked, and it was closed. <laughs> and I, oh, I, I was, was ready to throw. Wawa was closed. The water in the hotel wasn't working in the morning. My computer. I'm. I'm not. I can't get I can't don't even get me started, Mark. Well we'll go get late night Mexican food in Tulsa. That's my that's my advice. And then I actually think Tampa is the best road trip in the league, in my opinion. Not New Orleans? Eh, I guess you're right. New Orleans is better. New Orleans is better. But I I go to New Orleans like right. I'm talking like places I don't normally right. go to. Gotcha. Um, I guess was what I would say. I'd say I'd say I'd say Tampa is one of the best is probably my favorite road trip in the league. Um you know why I don't like New Orleans? Because I always have to drive there. Oh uh, yeah. You know, like we don't fly there. Right. And just like to, like and and unlike New Orleans, which is awesome to visit, you have to drive to Tulsa, <laughs> and Tulsa is not awesome. <laughs> Tulsa's to visit. Tulsa is not New Orleans. <laughs> Tulsa is not awesome to visit. Tulsa. But all right, well, we'll be back next week. Um, hopefully with no uh, parody intro. Sorry. Um, no, it's okay. Yeah, that was really corny and bad. Yeah. The one last week was better. You 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 came. I've had friends who've made fun of my voice for years. It's I fine. gave the full Mark Giannato yeah. impression. Yeah, that's okay. I, I bet it was terrible, but <laughs> it was it was hilariously terrible. Okay, all right. Well, I'll have to I'll have to take your word for it yeah, since exactly. you guys lost it. 
Um, but yeah, we'll be back next week. Hopefully, we'll be uh, breaking down two big road wins and looking ahead to a showdown against Cincinnati. Till then, I was Mark. I was joined by Drew and Jason. Thanks so much. Enjoy the games. I'm Sean King. The Tiger Basketball Podcast is a production of the Commercial Appeal.